The Welsh Wire, where talent and business connect in West Michigan. The Welsh Wire features moderator Mike Rogers and professional recruiting expert Sherry Welsh in this podcast. Listen in as leaders from a wide array of small to mid-sized West Michigan companies weigh in and share their experiences and insights on a variety of business topics, including employee retention challenges and recruitment success stories. Hi, this is Mike Rogers with another great Welsh Wire conversation sponsored by the Family Business Alliance. Now, here's Sherry Welsh. Our guest today is Wade Wyant president and CEO of Red Wagon. Welcome to the Welsh Wire, Wade. Thank you very much. So your operation is based in Grand Rapids. Tell us about Red Wagon and how you got started, Wade. Absolutely. So I'm a serial entrepreneur and I've had several startups and this is really a passion project for me. Um, I love working with entrepreneurs. In fact, I was one of the founding members of the entrepreneur organization in West Michigan. It's an international organization, but we started a local chapter a few years back. Oh, great. Yeah. And I just, I learned there how much I love working with entrepreneurs. And so after I sold my last business, it was, you know, I looked around, what should I do next? So next, whatever business I started next would be my fourth business. I oh my started. gosh. Yeah. Tell yeah. us about the other three. What did you do? Well, I started a, um, a technology consulting company around cybersecurity. That was the last business I exited. Did that with some partners and I sold that in 2017. Before that, I actually had two businesses that, that were just too early to market. One of them was a, a medical uh, device that would track records in the actual room with the patient. And that was back oh, around wow. the year 2000. So it was just wow. 10 years too early, right? We, yeah. we, de- we deployed it at several hospitals, but doctors didn't want to use it. And who knew 10 years later, they'd all be using iPads, but we were just a little too <laughs> right. early. Um, so we had to shut that one down. But anyways, I've started and I've started and either sold or shut down several businesses. So this fourth one, um, I looked around and said, what should I do, right? Yeah. What's, what's next? And I went back to my passion because I love working with entrepreneurs there's a real need for coaches and consulting in this arena. You know, sometimes coaches and consulting gets a bad, you know, bad rap or a stigma, but sure. we all know when we get a great coach, we love them. We it makes a, a difference. Yeah, absolutely. So I said, you know, I'm going to go for it and and try this. And, and it's been just, it's been a real blessing. It's been a great in-between thing for me. You know, who knows, maybe I'll start another business with employees and other people, but this is, you know, this is, this is my thing right now. Right. You're having fun. Oh, and certainly from the perspective that you bring from running several different businesses successfully, and even having some opportunities where it's it didn't work out as you, yeah, yeah, let's call it, it's, it's failure. Let's I call it what it is. Absolutely. I mean, we all do, but you learn from that. So you've got some really interesting things to bring to the folks you consult with. Yeah, I have some experience shares and that's the big thing that I really focus on is like, you know, anybody can give you advice, but advice is almost worth what you pay for or less. I mean, it's just yeah. advice, right? No yeah. one really understands your business like you do. So I always tell that's the true. people I work with, like, you know, don't let me ruin things for you just because I gave you advice. But what I can do is give you the experience that I have and then you can learn from that and hopefully make better decisions than I did along the way. And, and that's really the goal. That's the goal of the coaching, the consulting is, hey, here's what I can tell you. It doesn't work for everybody. Right. But these are systems. And that's, I think, you know, that's, that's the real focus is there are systems that can make business better. Yeah. And I, I had to learn some of the hard way. Some of them people taught me. And so if I can, I'd like to get out there and help others by, you know, 
teaching them the systems I learned and the ways you could potentially make business better. Right. And that, I mean, really, that's the heart of your secret sauce that you bring is the systems perspective. You introduce those systems and help companies implement them. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, so so there, there are a lot of systems out there, and, and I obviously have one that I prefer. It's called Scaling Up, and that's that's the system that I use. But at the end of the day, the most important thing is to pick a good system. Okay. There are a lot of good ones, so I'm not saying this is the only one. And then stick with it, right? Make sure you're following that system. So in businesses in general, systems just help, and we know yeah. that, right? I mean, we anytime we implement them, we know they work, but as humans, we always reject systems. And so it's just the it's a matter of just having the ability to, or not the ability, but the, the mental strength to, to, to take them on. And, you know, we're, we're doing a family business alliance podcast. So, you know, it, it's important to talk about how this applies to family businesses. You bet. And well, I've never had a family business and unless one of my kids inherits the next one, um, I, I work with a lot of family businesses. So I have some sure. experience working with them. And what I found with family businesses is that they obviously have a system and they know how to run their business. And in many cases, they have a product or a service they developed over multiple generations. And they have some systems for running the business, but the real passion of the family is that product or service. And so in some ways, systems are even more important because that's not necessarily their passion, right? They're not professional managers. They're professionals at the product or service that they they render to the public, and they're usually very good at that. Right. So a system can come in and help them get even better at that passion they have. And the other thing with family businesses is they're very organic, and they Mm. have extras, right? Family businesses Mm -hmm. have extras. Extras are the family, extras are emotion, and extra things you just don't necessarily have. You have, but not to the same degree in a, in a say, a publicly traded company. Sure, sure, and absolutely. So systems become even more important there. It's like, what are the rules and and and, and words and, and common language that we're going to use in this business to try to avoid some of the challenges of the extra that family business Right, have? for sure. So along the way, you've developed sort of a list of seven different things that family businesses can yeah, do absolutely. within systems to really make their business to shine or help get to the next level. So, so take us through that list. What's the first thing they can do? So the first thing I found is, you know, it's really important to develop a common language for business. And, you know, and usually in a family business, because uh, the, the siblings or cousins have grown up in the business, there's a common language for, again, delivering your product or service. Right. But there's not necessarily a common language for talking about managing the business or making decisions. Mm-hmm. And so a system, no matter what that is, and it can be any one of them, once you have a common language, there's less, um, you know, there's less challenges of interpretation. And right. not all conflict goes away, of course, but some conflict can, sure. can dissipate. And so I, you know, I really push hard for, look, let's get a common language in place. And the system that we use scaling up, we focus in on people, strategy, execution, and cash. And so in those four areas, we say, for people, you have to have a certain common language. For strategy, is a common language. For execution, is a common language. And then for cash, which really means your finances, we just say cash as a as a, a key word. Um, there are there's a common language and vocabulary, so we're all talking about the same thing because that's where a lot of problems arise. Is I say this, you say that, and we're saying we think we're saying the same thing. We're saying something totally different. Right. Absolutely. I can see how that can be a real challenge. Yep. So systems putting a good system in place to develop that sure. common language. That's that's a corner. Shown. What's this? What's another Se- thing? Second one is we we're really focusing and dialing in your marketing. And so you know these these ideas are not unique to me. Let's just be very clear. So we say the seven ideas are just things that I've I've gathered up and brought from other areas and other people have shown me. But 
in today's economy, as we see a big shift in people's way of buying, a big shift, right. you know, obviously you've got you've got the digital economy, you've got the web, you've got the Amazon effect, all these things that are affecting us in multiple different ways. If you want to get your product or service into the marketplace, the number one thing you have to focus on is marketing. And right. a lot of businesses fail to see that. They go right straight to sales mm -hmm. and they don't start marketing. So I, I I like to go in and say, look, let's put a system into marketing because marketing seems kind of like voodoo to most people. <laughs> sure, right? sure, yeah. Like, and just as podcasts we're doing at some level is marketing. Right. And how do you quantify the value? How do you ensure that you continue to invest? So we've got some, some things that we do, some recommendations and this is not a, a 20 hour long podcast. So I'll just say the one thing I would recommend, and we can talk more if anybody wants to connect offline around marketing is create a plan and invest in thought leadership. Mm -hmm. At first, you'll wonder if it's really worth the value. But over time, the companies that win are the ones that invest in thought leadership. Right. Well, and I can see too, in family businesses, especially going into second generation or third generation, marketing maybe was something they didn't have to focus on. No, no, because, absolutely. You know, they, they sprung into the marketplace with a a better mousetrap, so mm -hmm. to speak. And it took off and everybody wanted it. It was the greatest thing. Yep. And now the landscape changes. And as time goes on, the markets, as you say, evolve and marketing becomes something they really need to spend more time on. Absolutely. And the, and the, and the, and the real challenge for family businesses is you have to have predictable revenue, right? right? I mean, you have a family and you have certain obligation levels. And not to say that a publicly traded company doesn't have the same obligation levels, but it becomes a little more intimate when it's your family. It sure does. And yeah. so- I, you know, the only way you can get to predictable revenue, or one of the only ways I should say, in my opinion, is you you have to really dial in your marketing and ensure you're making the investment in spending. Yeah. So you yeah. Know, the next place I really focus on is, you know, you need scalable infrastructure. Because at the end of the day, this family is going to scale. It's going to grow, right? That's Very true. Very few families yep. get smaller. Some do, but most get bigger. So building the, the the training and the leadership capabilities and the repeatable infrastructure to say, okay, each generation, and, and not just in the family, but the leadership, the outside leadership you hire will get better and better. That right. scale infrastructure is so important. And the challenge that I see with family businesses is that there's a lot of legacy. And it's not a challenge. It's a, it's a, it's a blessing. A lot of sure. legacy from generation to generation. But the world doesn't work with legacy. The world works with change, right? You look at the millennials yes. and the change in, 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 in their thinking around management and leadership. And you know, they want smaller teams. They want more dynamic uh, accountability. You know, there's a lot of things there. So your, your infrastructure, the way you, you lead and manage has to be dynamic and you have to be able to grow and change as, as generations grow and change. And I think most families, that's one of the number one things they focus on. But, the, but having a system to ensure you do it and then you can have accountability. That's to me. That's one of the key things. Right. I'm sure in many family businesses, there's a senior level leadership mom and dad mm -hmm. who think that they have it all dialed in. Yep. And the younger generations, millennials or Gen Xers, that are rising to leadership positions are thinking, I need a voice. I need a seat at the table. I need to be able to have more input into the way things are happening. Yeah, that's absolutely a part of it. And so that's one of the things we get into next, which is is developing a better meeting rhythm. But circling back to what you just said in the in the in the in the um, third point, which is a scalable infrastructure, is that it, if you don't have a common language and how that input happens, how that training happens, how these people are enabled, yeah. does that just happen from mom and dad or grandpa and grandma or whatever? You know, where does that leadership training and and how's that consistent? Uh, you might say, well, 
generations are a long time. This is even like within within generations. I'm so, sure. So yeah, yeah. So you, you've shared with us three ways. And your fourth way is talking about better meetings. I'm oh, yeah. assuming that if we get that common language business down, and we uh, dial into the marketing a little bit more and have a scalable infrastructure, the meetings are naturally going to happen a little bit better. Well, however, sure. however, yeah, however, they, um, they can get even better. I will tell you, um, I got to give credit to Patrick Lencioni. I mean, he wrote the book oh, literally great. on this, right? Yeah. Death by meeting. So this is, this is no unique thinking to me. I would just say to everybody who, who's gotten this far into the podcast, go listen to Death by Meeting or read it. Um, you know, Patrick Lencioni, he, he dials in exactly what you need to do. And I think that there's, we all have a, a certain amount of um, self-worth and we think that we really know what we're doing in certain areas of our life, right? Sure. And so everybody believes they can run a meeting and they do a good job at it. But if you really ask the people <laughs> around you how your meeting went, probably wasn't as good as you thought. So I, I just stress the system of running good meetings that people want to attend and that get value. And, and you know, that's, that's one of the that's one of the seven points I really I really try to reinforce. But again, Patrick wrote the book on this. You know, go go check that out. Yeah, it, it definitely can be an art. Yes. Running, oh, yeah, for sure. Running a good meeting can be an art. What's the next thing you would recommend? You know, so assuming this is a multiple generation business, right, mm-hmm, and the family is right. going to be in it for a long time. I, you know, I'm I'm a big fan, and I push lifelong learning. Now that can some ways. You know, the idea of a commitment to lifelong learning could almost be dovetailed into scalable infrastructure because in order to have a scalable infrastructure, you have to have lifelong learning. Yep, can see that. Yep. I I like to separate them out because it's if you don't have a commitment to that, it's very hard with a changing landscape. It doesn't matter what generation it was, every generation had to face a changing landscape, right? Everybody. Sure, but the speed. Yeah, speed's getting crazy. The speed at which we're changing right now is very different than what our maybe first generation or our parents who are running the business today might have faced? I'd, I'd like to think so. But then again, I always step back and go, I don't know. I didn't you know, run that first. Maybe that landscape was right. changing just as fast. But either way, no matter which generation it is, that, that commitment to lifelong learning is important. So uh, what I'll do is uh, when I'm working with a client, I'll say, look, you know, this is not something I'm going to do. This is something you're going to do. But this is one of the systems you have to put in place, which is how are you going to ensure that everybody is getting that that additional learning they need to be uh, to be the manager they could be to do mm-hmm. to do the best job possible. Right, and, and isn't part of that too? Wait, a healthy curiosity. Oh, sure. About the industry, about your customers, about the economic landscape, about the region you do business in, or the marketplace you you serve. To just always be asking questions and learning from what others are doing or attempting to do, or what might be changing in their operations. Right. Yes. Just a yes, healthy and, curiosity. Yeah. Yes. 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 And yes. I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. You nailed it. And, and that some of that comes from mirroring, right? You have to mirror the behavior that you want the next generation to have. So true. And, um, you know, that's a whole, that's a whole nother podcast, uh, that we could get into at some point, but really thinking about what are you demonstrating to each generation and yes. is each generation picking on the right habits and doing the right things to ensure that they have the things you just named off. I 100% agree. So true. And, and they're watching. Oh, they are. Oh, yeah. I mean, they are I, watching you. It's funny you say that. I was, I was just doing a another podcast, a video cast, actually for a family network that was just focused on how 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 to have a great family in business. And one of the things that they asked me on, they said, "What is one of you know? What have your kids learned from you?" 
And the very first thing I had to say is bad habits. I mean, it's like, <laughs> let's, let's be honest, yeah, of let's course. Be honest. And, 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 and recently I've looked back and I'm like, some of the things that, that I not I, despise is the wrong word, but it's the only word that's coming to mind right now. So the, again, I don't mean this word, but the only the things I despise about my kids are the very habits I despise about myself. Right. Right. And so, yes. so, so that's, I, that mirroring is so, so critical and, and they will learn. They absolutely learn from you. Yeah, they sure do. And your sixth tip for us today for family businesses that want to really grow and succeed has to do with yeah, real life goal, goal setting. setting. Yes. I, I put real life in there. You can use a lot of different words, but I think even though it's a simple w- way of stating it, it's not very articulate or, or um, thought provoking, just real life, but it, it, you have to have that because so often you'll have somebody in the family who is setting these goals that, yeah, sure, they're achievable, but they're such stretch goals. It just discourages everybody in the business. And I think that I always go for good, better, best. I don't think you ever set, you know, whether you're doing proposals to clients or whether you're developing a new product or you're setting goals for the future. Let's say this is what good is. You know, this is better. You know, that's what we're really shooting for. And this is best, right? This is the big stretch goal so that you don't frustrate the individuals in the business with you that that are either family members or professional management or whatever it might be. That that realistic goal setting is so, so important. And sometimes in families, it just isn't something they do a good job of. Right. I'm not saying every family, but there's there's some there's just I run into that and I want to just encourage them. If you want to have a system Create a system that helps you set set goals that are realistic and you're not just pulling them out of the air. Why did we set this goal? What What's the background? And then make sure they're smart, right? As you go yes. forward, okay, it's great. Good goal. Now, you know, use this, use, use, use smart goal settings. There's, and again, we can go, we have in our 20 hours, we can go into detail on that, which we don't, but I, I really push on that. Yeah, I would think part of that too would be getting the whole team involved in the goal. I mean, I would think it might be easy in a family business with family and leadership to let, you know, first, second generation who's running things right mm-hmm. now, mom and dad set most of the goals, cascade them down to the kids and the rest of the team, or maybe it's just mom and dad and the rest of the family making the goals. Yeah. And the rest of the leadership team doesn't always get involved or the rank and file or of the input. organization, right? So if you really want to have successful goals set for the organization and achieve them, it's good to get the input, not just the input, but then the buy-in, yeah, buy-in absolutely, 100%. of everyone who feels like they're a part of forming that goal. And I bet that's somewhat challenging in a family business too. Yeah, I, I, I mean, absolutely. It's it's a challenge in every business, but in family businesses, there there is a separation because in the very word family, right, you have a, some separation there. So right. I love your point. Either you get buy-in, get input, all it's important. And I think this is where most people have struggled because they – they want the input, but they also want the ability to make the decision. And I think you can have both. I really do think this is one of the few places in business you can have your cake and eat it too, where if you create the right system for goal setting, the right system for discovery, then you can have it. One of the examples that I use or one of the systems that we use is we'll often take the leadership team or maybe the management team below the leadership team. And before you go into an annual goal setting meeting, say, well, let's take do an offsite with just the management team, have them go through a SWOT analysis and really understand what they're seeing in the business. Mm -hmm. Then you take that information, spend maybe a little time with them. 
then go into your annual planning and then set the leadership team on the annual planning and then right. set the goals of the business based on that input from the management team. And so depending on how big the family business is or how many people are involved, you know, there's some there's some ways to do it where everybody can feel involved, but then you can still have the ability to set that yes. set that goal. And it just it's about being smart and 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 I think you were touching on it, but I'll just say it. It's it's about not setting a goal on high and pushing it down. Yeah. There's some of that. There's some some, you know, there's gotta be a leader. I believe in that, but there's gotta be involvement from from all levels. Yeah, and sometimes it happens without even realizing it, you know, because families oh, yeah. getting together at Christmas on the oh, golf course yeah. after hours and they're talking about things and just say, let's just go ahead and run with this yeah. and failing to realize that sometimes there's a few of the people that you really need to get not only input from but in addition, buy-in yep. from at the final product. So yeah, it's a challenge. And your seventh yeah. idea, tell us that way. Final thing. At the end of the day, it's all about accountability. Yeah. And it's account- the word accountability, just as you say it, as it rolls off the tongue, it almost has a negative connotation to it, <laughs> right. right? It feels heavy. And it does. It is. But it, it shouldn't be because we're tr- we're talking about a positive thing. I and mean, we're talking about accountability in the, in the, in the most positive way possible. Mm-hmm. And... I think so developing a system for accountability that everybody knows and it's not it's not a mystery it's right. not a surprise right uh, there are you know I I come into family businesses and I come into that's not the terminology I meant but I, I work with family businesses and when I do I really stress that look you know, run your business on an annual plan. Have quarterly get-togethers. Have a date set so everybody knows there's no mystery. As you said, you right. don't want it to be on the golf course or at Christmas dinner or whatever. Right. Set a time for accountability that everybody knows. And then as much as you can, stress pure accountability. And what I mean by that is, is you know, there's always a place for top-down accountability. 100% I think mm-hmm. that's it's important and that it should be there. But the more you can build a culture and a system, that's what we're talking about, systems of pure accountability, where peers are coming together, just like in a sporting team. You you see this all the time and, and, and it happens. March Madness is happening right now. And that's, you know, that's, you can see that in basketball games where individuals in the, on the basketball court are going down the court saying, my bad, you know, I should have done better. And, and other ones are, they don't have to say a word. They just look at each other and there's a pure accountability. We have to have the same thing in business. And this is not just a challenge in family businesses. It's across the board. But the more you can build a system for pure accountability and teach that and get that into your culture, the more success you'll have. And more importantly, the the rest the sorry more importantly the less rub or conflict and that's at the end of the day that's what I want to avoid right right these are great suggestions I'm sure our listeners recognize some of the challenges oh, in sure. their own family run businesses as you talk about this but but there's a lot of value in the ideas that you share with systems yep and what I would say uh, you know in closing is we all listen to podcasts and read books. Yeah. And I think most people, if you're on, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a continuing learner, continuing learner. So you've, you know, you've got lifelong learning already dialed in most likely. So yeah, that true. one's taken care of. What I would ask you, and what I always challenge people is, what was the one thing that you heard today that you could go implement 
today. Yeah. I mean, try to try to do all seven, of course, and, and, and everything else you learn as you go along life. But what's one thing you need to go do right now? And if you just solve one problem based on something you heard, there's going to be value. And, and that's all I can hope for. Right. You know what? And I feel the exact same way. Out of those seven items that you shared today, I'm sure our listeners are going to find at least one great thing that they can implement. I know I did. Certainly <laughs> having you. grown up in a family business and having a family business myself, I know I did. So let me ask you though, Wade, if our listeners are really intrigued, by your idea of systems and what you can do to help them in their business really make them grow and get to the next level, help them how, how can they get a hold of you? What's the best way to reach you, Wade? Yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. I, I, I'm pretty social, and, and I'm on I'm on every, I'm on every platform. But <laughs> you know, the the age old or that it's getting to be the age old way to find me is just via the website. It's you know it's redwagonadvisors.com. Um, I had to pick a website, so I picked the advisors of a plural. So hopefully someday I'll have a few advisors. Maybe call my kids <laughs> running around. But right now it's just me. But redwagonadvisors.com. You can find me there, and again, you can almost anywhere. You just Google Wade Wyant. And I'm, I'm fortunate I have a very unique name, so I'm very easy to find. Yes, that's terrific. And I, and I, I love to talk and I'll just reinforce, I love entrepreneurs. I This is my passion project. And so when I say entrepreneurs, there are so many family businesses, even to the third and fourth generation, they still have that entrepreneur spirit. Oh, so for sure. As I say that, don't let that turn you off. Only let that turn you on. Do I just love chatting with, with business owners and entrepreneurs and people who are out there getting it done. Yeah, yeah. And really, that's what this podcast is all about, just yes. connecting people who are like-minded to learning from each other. So we so appreciate you sharing your insight with us today, Wade. And well, thank you for inviting me here and thanks for hosting a great podcast. Thanks for being our guest on The Welsh Wire. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to The Welsh Wire. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. For more information, visit welshandassociates.net.